The following podcast contains spoilers and words like piss, shit, and fuck. We watch it. Hello, all you folks out there in podcast land. It's your boys, B. Dizzle and David Powell. How you doing, mate? I am good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You know why? Because we're back. We're back in the scream first, baby. I, I fucking love this franchise. <laughs> you know, I don't think you and I have ever spoken about scream before. I, I just assume that you're. Oh, a I fan. might fucking hate these movies. You have no, no idea. <laughs> I might be ready to come out of the gate and go, fuck these, fuck the ghost of Wes Craven, these movies suck. <laughs> I, you don't know. I hope that's not where we're heading. <laughs> so listen, this could be the last episode of this podcast. We may have a falling out. <laughs> sure. Uh, now, now I'm curious. So let's get straight now on Now let's into talk it. about 65 and leave you. <laughs> oh, geez. No, I'm leaving that till the end because I don't think that's going to be a very long conversation or something that many people want to hear, quite frankly. <laughs> So Most people don't even know the fucking movie's out. Exactly. So let's get into Scream 6, a 2023 American slasher film directed by Matt Bettini Alpen and Tyler Gillette, written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. It, of course, is the sixth installment in the Scream franchise. It stars Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Savoy-Brown, Mason Gooding, Jenna Ortega, Hayden Panettiere and Courtney Cox all reprising their roles from previous installments alongside Jack Champion, Henry... Chemi, Liana Liberto, Dermot Mulroney, Devin Nakoda, Tony Revalori, Josh Sagara, and S- I won't say that last name, just for funsies. And what is it about, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a, uh, We return to our sisters, um, Sam and Tara Carpenter, from the previous film, Scream, in parentheses five, <laughs> um, uh, who have uh, upped sticks with their their friends from Woodsboro and moved to New York to try and get a fresh start um, in college. And we proceed to requel Scream 2 <laughs> and once more ghost face in parentheses um, cause havoc and, and ruin their otherwise peaceful college shenanigans absolutely i was as i said i'm a massive fan of this franchise there's not a single film in this series that i don't like even scream 3 which is quite clearly that's worse. just fucking um, although insanity. don't say that to m higgins because that's her favorite one i have no idea why m which was your favorite <laughs> scream 3 what? m higgins from tasteless what? she fucking loves it <laughs> M, I, I have nothing but the highest respect for you. I think you're just a delight on the mic, but that you need yeah, help. It's a batshit opinion. That's that's a terrible, terrible opinion. But but even that film, that I still movie like. is fucking trash. I, I was no, it's terrible. I was hesitant coming into this one with the lack of Neve because quite famously she was originally written into this script. They didn't offer her enough money, and good on her. She said, "Well, fuck is." <laughs> And at the time, I thought yeah. that was a boss bitch move, and it got me scared because I was like, "Well, can this franchise even work without Nev?" Like, but I got to tell you, I think it can. It, I actually think it needed to. It's I, and, and look, I don't hate. I, I I like this franchise. I love the first film. I think it's 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 the best thing that Wes Craven did in his illustrious career. It's it's a genius film. Yeah. Um. And I really liked the fifth, the, the, the 
previous film to this, the yeah, film. Same. I think it was yeah. the best. I think it was the best film in the franchise since the first one. Yep. Um, and I think it needed to move on. I think there's a, there's a, a increasing amount of suspension of disbelief that's needed in this franchise to believe that this yes. shit just keeps on yes. fucking happening to the same people over and over again. Yep. And in fact, that you increase, you just keep getting people who are pissed off about some f- thing that the Woodsboro people, kids have done, and um, <laughs> are pissed off this about persona. Yeah. The, the reason that the previous killer got stopped, and so therefore they take up the mantle, and it's always people who. Well, not always, but usually people who previously have had no sort of murderous inclinations who were just triggered by some shit and go, well, I'm going to become a psychopathic serial killer and put on the same mask. Yeah. You need to kind of buy into that kind of roller coaster ride. But to also believe that it's all centered around this one random woman now. Yeah. Yeah. Just because she happened to be the target of the first killer. Yeah. When. Yeah. None of the subsequent killings have really been about her. Yeah. They've been about something sort of sequential to the previous film. So to have her continue to be the central figure, much as I love Nev Campbell, doesn't really make sense. Yeah, totally fair. And I think when- this movie proved that 100%. And I think they've yeah. been- I was I was going to say lucky, but it's it's definitely more than luck. It's It's a good piece of casting and a good piece of writing- I think they've managed to give us a good cast of characters here that we care about just as much as we did that original group. And I think that that is a yeah. huge part of the reason this this film and the previous one are as successful as they are, because I like these new group of teens. I think, I think they're good. Mm. You know, I, I really liked Scream 4 as well, but the little gap we had between 4, four was and 5, good. I think yeah. this new group are- Yeah, I, I'm here for it. I'm And they've already greenlit uh, Scream 7, so I'll be- Oh, right yeah, at the front yeah, of the cinema of for that as well. Yeah. And I, th- I think I really like the way they're not rebooting because we had yeah. never the last one. Yep. But they are kind of taking the journey that, that Craven took. So the last film, I mean, well, fuck it, spoilers. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we always talk spoilers, but yeah. in the case of Scream, if you haven't seen Scream 6, fuck off right now. Yeah. Go see it and come see back it. and listen. I, because I think already we're seven. Normally spoilers don't bother me, but I it's clear I think that we both liked this, it. <laughs> this is a this is a film that re- one of the few times I would say spoilers matter. Yes. Normally I don't give a yeah. shit about spoilers. You really don't want to be spoiled on a screen film. So if you haven't seen it, go see it, then come back. So um the, the last one, Scream, aka Scream 5, kind of mirrored the First scream in it in in a way, in that you're looking at the boyfriend. Yeah. Ultimately, when the killer's revealed, and that's kind of the big you know punch to the guts. Oh my god, it's this person I had this amount of trust in. Now we're in college, kind of like Scream Two. There's sort of this almost referential um, through line that we're following. Yeah. But everything else is different, so it's still. You know, fuck you if you can if you can predict the end of this. Yeah. You know, other than through process of elimination, yeah. and and there are a couple of, I think, missteps in the production of this that kind of gave things away a little bit, which we'll, we'll, I'll get to later. 
But I think overall they're doing a really good job and quite frankly, a better job than anyone who's been involved in this franchise since the very first film. Yeah. I'm I'm not the big lover of Scream 2 that a lot of people seem to be. There's a couple of things in that that ruin the entire film for me, even though I like the cast and a lot of the things about it. Yeah. But, um, and 3, obviously, was good. <laughs> um, My favourite thing no, about I- this franchise is the way that I think it very cleverly continues to play with the tropes of not only horror as a whole, but now the conventions that Scream itself has created. Yeah. It's playing with its own conventions. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Like the first film- A tribute to how influential it is. 100%. Like the first film itself was already very meta. Um, But it, it played with what your expectations were. For example- that the first time you watch that film, when you discover at the end that there are two ghost faces, and it is such a clever fucking move. Like for starters, just the surprise factor. For second, because yeah, all the, the characters that you'd ruled out, yes, because you knew they wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Boom. That's the thing, and it eliminates all of that. You know, the back of your mind where you're like, oh, you know, but that's not how could one person be in all these places at once? It eliminates any issues that you could have possibly had with the suspension of disbelief. And it's so clever. And then they've continued to kind of play with those ideas and those tropes since. Like, I think the reveal in this one, where it turns out there are three, it surprised me. Yeah. It surprised me. I think this, this I think, is the most successful at reinventing its own tropes of any film since that first one. Because as you say, the first one, the- Two Killers was a massive yeah. out of left field. No one expected it. And the problem then is that every subsequent film- People expect it. The which majority is- of viewers are sitting there going, well, it could be, you know. Yeah. They're, tell- they're, they're, they're giving you an alibi, but obviously, it could, you, you, yeah. you know, there's another killer, and so it could be someone else. That's actually where I think that and Scream 3 works it's in got its own to a- weird way, where you've only got one in that film. <laughs> But it's it's got to a point where they've almost become their own worst enemy as as writers because every viewer is sitting there going, "I know how these films work now." Yeah. If there's a new a new actor in the cast, chances are they're going to be the killer, and it's yeah. been and it's kind of proven true. Yeah. You know, you you know that none of the core cast they they throw up. You know, oh, maybe Gail Weathers has snapped and gone a bit crazy and now she's... You know that's not the fucking case. Don't even waste your time with that red herring <laughs> because no one's buying it. Yeah. And they've kind of, up until probably last film, two, three, and four have kind of increasingly fallen into the trap of not knowing how to be as good as that first one because the first one was so good and it set up this model and... The writers haven't been good enough to reinvent it, and I think the opening of this film. Oh yes, is I was fucking fantastic. I was just going to get to the opening. I think that this is the best opening to a scream film, dare I say, ever. Like I love scream. Oh, this is you, better. Than- you can't get past the the genius of having your highest build actor. Killed off in the opening cold open. Yeah, no, but this- That, that is all time. I but think this, this is, is the best this since is then. This is the closest they've ever come to- Because, uh, like I say, it's a trope they've created now. Every film since, 
the opening of, to, of a Scream film has typically started that way. And they've played with yeah. it a little bit. I thought the meta-ness of Scream 4 was interesting in a way. I It was a little bit too bordering on parody for me, um, the way that it, you know, kept revealing that I it was- did, Which was um, Omar Epps and fucking Mrs. Slap. Was that two? That was two, yeah. 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 I mean, A, seeing Jada Pinkett Smith killed, it's just oh, <laughs> chef's kiss. Yeah. But- um, that was that was very very clever. The metaness of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this the idea of oh. having the, the standard name actress. You've got Samara Weaving there, looking yep, absolutely incredible. beautiful, and talking um, with her true Australian accent. I know, and oh, and I think even ramping it up. I reckon she oh, was totally really fucking dial up the <laughs> yeah. orca. Yeah, yeah. But like, it, oh, yeah, no, nah, it's all right. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah whatever. So, I know, um, I know. This is going to make me sound super bogan, but something about it worked for me. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh fuck! If she'd had that in Ready or Not, that would have been best oh. picture material. Um, <laughs> but you've got so you've got that, and you're kind of okay. I'm in scream territory. Name yep. actor. I know you're going to die, honey, but you look beautiful doing it. You're yep. in the same color thing that. Um, Drew was wearing in yeah, yep. In in the first one, we've got this wonderful callback. It's wonderful, and one, and we're well into spoilers now. Ghostface takes off his fucking mask. Yes. What the fuck? I know it was fucking amazing. But then he gets killed by another fucking Ghostface. Yep, and it Which was I, glorious. It was the first time since the first scream that I have gone. I have no idea what the. What's going on? I gasped in the cinema and then I cheered in the cinema. I did. Oh, man. It was it, honestly like this, so, so far there's no competition. This has been my favorite cinema experience this year. Like, don't get me wrong. This isn't going to make my top 10 of the year list or anything at this point. But it was it, it was the most fun I've had in a cinema. Just my love for this franchise. And that opening sequence was so well executed. Oh, absolutely fantastic. And seeing, oh, and the casting, seeing bloody Flash Thompson get gutted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let us let me ask you this then, because at the end of the day, this is a horror film. Were you scared at all in this movie? No, of course not. No. <laughs> I've not been scared in any screen film. Like, anyone who's a horror movie goer, yeah. this is not scary stuff. This franchise yeah. is not scary stuff. This no. is horror light. It's- but- we are progressively getting more and, and more gear. Uh, sorry, more, oh, we're, and more gore. We're, we're certainly, uh, th- yeah, th- this film and the last one yeah. are much more kind of modern slasher. Yeah, whereas definitely. Whereas yeah. Wes was not in his Hills Have Eyes. He was not aiming for that. He was aiming for clever, meta, doing something new. Yeah. He wasn't trying oh, to no, really be confronting. Don't get me wrong. Those early films still had some really, really fun kills. You think about, is it- Fun it's kills, Ro- it's Rose, very little blood. It's Rose McGowan, isn't it, who gets caught in the garage door? Yeah, yeah. which is stupid. I mean, if anyone who owns a garage door knows that <laughs> they don't just crush you, they would stop. You know, have, yeah, they, but it was still- They, they don't even cool. dent your car when they come down. <laughs> but this, this, I, I actually really loved this iteration of Ghostface. I think this is, I mean, I don't think this is the most- Violent, yes, and bloody of but all also, the franchises. Also, so the far. most threatening ghost face, I think. Like that fucking scene in the little grocery store where he grabs that shotgun. Oh, it's that was just fun, 
And, and even, that's, even little things, like when away. he's chasing them out the window and he's shaking that ladder violently to make her fall off. And it's like, this yeah. is not the ghost face that we know. This is not the ghost face who's having fun and playing a game, albeit a murderer. This this is someone well, who is yeah. just being vicious. <laughs> and they've done away with what increasingly was one of my issues with the franchise is that it was became more and more unbelievable that Ghostface wasn't just getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Once once you know that it's not a big burly bloke under the mask, yeah. sometimes it's a middle-aged woman. Yeah, yeah. The idea that yeah. you, you you know, this you know, middle-aged woman is getting cracked over the head with vases and smashed in the face and yeah. all the rest of it yeah. and is still overpowered. It became increasingly silly and and, and I that's why I started to in three. I mean, four was a good film, but I started to increasingly go. You know, this franchise is kind of on its last and legs. Look, th- and five is- kind of revitalized it a yeah. bit, and this one really brought it home because one, you didn't have Ghostface getting like beamed in the noggin with a yeah, you know, a solid pottery vase <laughs> and yeah. keeping on coming. You know. It was a lot more believable in the way they structured the set pieces. I still think that that is an issue by the reveal. Like, again, I really like this iteration of Ghostface. Oh, I have have problems with this film. (laughs) And I think that the motivation behind this Ghostface E, (laughs) pluralizing, is, um, is good. I like it. I think it's believable. I think, you know, you brought up- early on that some of the other ghost faces were seemingly normal people with no murderous tendencies. By the time you get to the reveal in this film, I don't feel that is the case. I think that this tracks because I think that he is a bad dad. I think he's quite clearly a bad dad who I think raised his children very poorly and possibly violently. Like to me, that tracks. I do have an issue with, and then when you then you have to start to think a, a little bit about which one of them is, is Ghostface at which point. That an entire family are just going to buy into becoming serial killers. Yep, because I think it is. Yeah. one of the kids. Yeah, hundred percent. I do because wow. why? I mean, why was Jack Quaid that way to begin with? I think I think it all stems from Dermot Mulroney. Is that how he, he has such a stupid name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually, I actually found that quite believable. My question comes into, for example, you know, take for example the Gail Weathers apartment scene, which again is a great set piece. But she put one of the high points. She puts up a big fight with that ghost face, and that ghost and face takes down fight. her giant boyfriend as well. And then you got to think about, well, which one is it? Because it's not Dermot Mulroney, because we know where he is at the point, don't we? Like, he's stuck yeah, back as a thing. And anyone who phone. puts that cloak and mask on is automatically fucking Yeah. Jason so, it's, it's they either have, his they daughter have or his weedy little son, neither of which I don't think are going to be able to take down yeah, Gail's beefcake. And you, you've got to kind of- And that's the essential- You need suspension of disbelief. You need conceit that you need to buy on- 100%. To, that- that the element of surprise that Ghostface brings means they can overpower anyone with no- Because that yeah. boyfriend was a fucking unit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on the plus side, I think they gave Gail, and and I, I mean, Courtney I didn't think was particularly good in this. I think she she looks terrible, and I, I think she didn't yeah. act particularly well in this. I was shocked but by Hayden Panettiere's gave her, as well. <laughs> oh, I'll get to her, trust me. Um, but- 
I think they gave Gale an awesome final big action set piece because she wasn't stupid. Yeah. She did some of the stuff that normally in these films the audience is going, why don't you do this? Yeah, yeah. I.e. Yeah, yeah. fucking phone them back and hear the bloody yes. dial phone. And, yes, you know, that was great. And then pl- plug through the door. All of these things that you normally would and, – and my perennial peeve with this franchise more than anything else is these idiot fucking characters who knock out Ghostface – and then fucking run away. <laughs> yeah. They yep. don't take the mask off. They don't hit them with a bunch of sticks. They don't tie their hands together. Yep. They fuck off. And it's, it's the main reason that um, Screen 2 bothers me so much, <laughs> yeah. apart from the fact that Gabrielle Union is annoying as shit. But <laughs> they have a car accident. Ghostface is unconscious, pinned in a car. Yeah, yeah. Nev Campbell goes to take the mask off. And then goes, no, <laughs> let's run away. Yeah. Just, what the fuck? <laughs> You've literally got the killer pinned in a car, yeah. unconscious. Take the mask off, stab him in the head, tie their hands up, call the police. No, Gabrielle Union, let's fuck off and run away. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, they did away with that. I mean, I think there's there's one moment in this film where it almost happens, but yeah. Ghostface stirs and starts to move again, and you go, okay, it's it's almost like you knew I was going to yell at the screen, and you decided, no, 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 yeah, it's still dangerous, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's one of the reasons I love this film so much is is that they did away with that one annoying thing, which has been yeah. such a feature all the way through, apart from the first film. Hundred percent. I love the score for this film as well, and the soundtrack. Those throwbacks, like it's Chris Isaac, isn't it? Oh, oh fucking great! <laughs> they brought in Red Right Hand, yep. the Nick Cave song that was in um, number oh, two. Nick Cave, that's what. And I was it thinking. also, yeah. and and I don't know if you noticed the identical camera movement as well, yep. panning out from the college campus yeah. and up into the sky while it played. It, and there were a couple of other little nods. They had the. The um, Gail Weathers and Dewey love theme, yes. or whatever. I don't know what it's yes. called, but they they brought that back. The dun, dun, dun. oh yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. This, it it's it, it really really good. Like I rewatched all these movies less than a year ago, and it's already made me want to go rewatch them again tonight. I I fucking love. Oh, this you couldn't franchise. bring me to watch two or three again, but I I, I could do one. I mean, one I've seen. About tell, uh, you know what? Times. Later this year. Screamtober. We're doing Screamtober or Screamtember or something. We're getting to the screams. I mean, can we do it like you did fucking the Fast yeah, series? We'll do absolutely. them all one after the all, other. With, all with, one after the other. I'll come down to Canberra. We'll, we'll stop yep. the beer fridge. Absolutely. Make Love a it. drinking game. Yep. 100%. Yep. Sorry, Noosk. I'm moving in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So, you, you mentioned before. Okay. Let's get to this. What didn't you like about this film then? Is there any of the performances? I thought all the performances were fairly strong. Or I think there's General no Taker annoying characters, which is, a, which is, um, she's one of them. I did really like, um, the Chad. Yep. And I liked, um, oh, what's her name? The, 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 his, uh, twin yes. sister. Yeah. I like the, her a lot. The, too. the new, the new, the new, the new Randy, Randy Mark too. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I liked her a lot, although, her and General Ortega do really well for people who've been stabbed through the stomach. Yes. I tell you what, fuck. <laughs> yeah. we'll get to that. That's my the, the one piece I have. Um, no, the cast I think were across the board really, really good. I liked the fact that they had, as is their want, a couple of 
I don't want to say name actors, but recognisable faces coming in in sort of peripheral parts just to kind of yep. throw some more suspicion into the mix. Um, we had uh, what's-his-name from Arrow as hot guy across the way yep. who I think was really good. Uh, he was just prominent enough a character that made you suspect him but yep. not prominent enough that Agreed, you yeah. kind of thought, oh, well, he'll be around next film. Um I think Hayden was horrendous miscasting, and I know it. You, it can't be because they're pulling a character from a previous film. Yeah, yeah. But when you're trying to cast suspicion on someone as Ghostface, don't cast someone who's at most five foot two. <laughs> yeah. It was completely. She'd have un- to be wearing you, you knew she. You knew she wasn't one. Of yeah, them. which I She's think a is okay. Tiny I, petite I, little thing. I don't thing. think. I don't think you're ever supposed to really suspect her. Like that only happens oh, in the I, final scene. I think scene they were really when- going for. Bef- yeah. Until the final reveal, I think they were really wanting you to be torn between her and Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, right. As to they, they had this um, Dermot Mulroney who you're set up to really be on board with. He's the new Dewey for the first yep. half of the film. They, I had no suspicion of him, even though being a screen film, you're supposed to suspect him. He was the one that I was sure was not going to be guilty. Yeah. Because I a because I never saw the daughter being alive. I yeah, that was very well done. I didn't that suspect well, that at yeah. all. Yeah, and as a number of friends online have pointed out, because it's completely unbelievable that her body could be swapped out and no cop would notice. <laughs> um, however, um, you have um, a very clever scene where Dermot Mulroney gets colleagues and sort of says to them, almost in passing, "Just phone the Atlanta office and just check on this agent." Just you know, doesn't make a big thing of it. It's almost, a, you know, done in passing. And that immediately made me on board with him and go, ooh, fuck, maybe yeah. Hayden's gone off the deep end. Yep. We haven't seen her for a couple of films. Who's to say what's happened since then? This is Scream after all. I think that was all set up really, really well. And you're meant to – you've got two big-name actors. You kind of know one of them's going to be bad. Yeah. It's Scream. One of them's always bad. Um and I was leaning towards Hayden before they went to the final kill room yeah. scene. And then I started to, once they got there, I started to sort of go, you know, that was when my brain went, she's too small to be Ghostface. <laughs> We've seen the fucking figure. She is literally the shortest actress working in major, <laughs> in major yeah. films. Yeah. She is a tiny, petite little fairy of a girl. Um and I think that was a misstep. I don't yeah. know how they could have got around it because obviously who yeah, else do you pull and, yeah. from the past films? Yeah. You know, I'd rather it's her than fucking Gabrielle Union or whatever her name is, <laughs> who's a terrible actress. <laughs> but it, it, her stature yeah. kind of really worked against them. Yeah. All right. All in all, how are you scoring Scream 6? Oh... I'm a three and a half, uh, a seven. Yeah. But I'm a high seven. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm- not an eight. There's too <laughs> many faults with the, uh, and as with, with all screen films, you can't write one of these films without having a few f- gaps in logic. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the best one since the first one. Yeah. I think it's better than five and it's be- it's definitely better than four. 
and two and three were substandard. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think anyone who's remotely interested in this franchise needs yeah. to go and see it. I think it's it's definitely worth seeing it. And I had nothing but fun with it. Yeah, and I'm looking I'm, forward to the next one. I'm an eight. I loved this film. I, I did not have anywhere near as many issues with the the leaps of logic as I've seen a lot of people have. Like like you say, it's a scream film. You're expecting them. I'm yeah. I'm there for the oh, fun look, of the go, ride. If you're going like, into this expecting Aaron Sorkin, you're in the <laughs> wrong film. And I think. Uh, and we didn't really touch on it, but there are some fucking ripper kills in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. really made me go, oh, my God. I think this is a fun right. Like, if, if you're the kind of person who likes a slasher movie and has fun yeah. with kills and I, I, I liked the characters. We, honestly, that's the most you can ask for in a slasher movie is to actually care about the characters on screen. That's the most you can ask yeah. from it. And I think this 100% delivered. So, I can't yeah. wait for Scream I, I do. I mean- I do, and I know I know our friend Paul Brazil is with me on this. I do have a pretty big problem with the the characters shrugging off serious fucking injuries in this. Yeah, yeah, well, that's all like, right. Not just <laughs> oh, you've been stabbed in the no, no, no. Yeah, we, the knife has been twisted. Two, two it's been char- pulled up. Two <laughs> characters who are literally gutted. Yes, and. <laughs> Seconds later, are fine. General oh, no, Tate is climbing no, no, a fucking the, rope. No, 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 they're not fine. They're not fine. Her arm is in a sling. <laughs> Her arm is in a sling. General Ortega is still climbing a fucking rope yeah. after being gutted. The Chad gets. I lost count. Yeah, at least he gets fifteen he gets the stabs to the out. abdomen. Yeah, and is then wheeled out, talking. Yeah, and being kissed. On a, on a gurney <laughs> while his sister, who was gutted, yeah. runs up with her arm in a sling going, did I miss anything? Yeah, she she you was know. actually my biggest- That was irritating. She was actually my biggest one, even though other people might have got stabbed more. Hers was hers was very vicious. I, I was sure I she think, was dead. I, 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 and I, I mean, if, if I'd had the time, I would have gone back and rewatched Five to refresh my memory. How are, how are the, the twins- Billy Loomis's kids when he died as a high schooler? Did he like shag some older woman? Did we find that out? Yeah, number he, five? We must he have done. Did and now I can't remember who, but yes, he did. Now I'll tell you what, because I'm gonna rewatch them this week. So I'll come back to you. I need to, to rewatch week. five. I, I don't want to <laughs> criticize it for this, but I, I was watching this new one going, one, I can't remember how this high schooler is there. Dad, yeah, or or her dad. Sorry, not General Tiger's dad. Her, her yeah. just just Sam's dad. Yeah. Um. And two, I don't remember how the fuck that these African American paternal twins are any relation to Randy. They're his sister's kids. Uh, he's he's their uncle, but I mean, yeah. I, again, he he died in college, so they never would have met him. No, they didn't. They never. Um. Met him. Yeah. And from memory, they they talk about so the fifth one. They do refer to Uncle Randy a lot, which seems odd for someone they never met. But you know, that's whatever. true. That's yeah, <laughs> I'm nitpicking now. Still though, because I find it amusing. Fucking great film. And so, from a great <clears throat> film to probably the worst film I've seen in since Moonfall. Shall we talk right, about? I, I need another beer if you're going to slag this off. <laughs> Sixty-five is a 2023 American science fiction action thriller film written and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods. It stars Adam Driver and Ariana Greenblatt. And what is it about, Dave? 
It's a riveting and exciting science fiction extravaganza <laughs> starring one of the greatest actors working today. And it involves a father who goes on a an extended uh, mission in order to raise enough money to save his uh, very ill daughter. Um, mission goes astray. He ends up crash landing on a unnamed at that point distant planet. Um and the only other survivor is a young girl and they need to find a way off said planet before um, <laughs> extinction-level events occur. <laughs> okay. I think you're teasing me here, right? You, you're you acting as if this is a good film. I need it to is know, a good film. I need to know up front, did you like this movie? I, I like this film fine. Really? <laughs> I think this was a perfectly serviceable sci-fi. Wow. This was the Compared worst to, uh, film I've seen in so long. <laughs> why? <laughs> you go first. You tell me why it's okay. bad and I'll tell you why Here's you're the wrong. Thing. Here's the thing. All right. Adam Driver. <clears throat> great, as always. He's fantastic. Fuck me, this is poorly written. But apart from that- I can't believe that a movie with this premise, which is a good premise, it's a cool idea, a movie with this premise and this runtime, less than 90 minutes, how can it be this unentertaining? This is the dullest movie I've ever seen. It is so uninteresting. It's just so dull. You're blowing my tiny mind, Billy. I I thought we were going to be lost. It's Adam Driver versus... Dinosaurs, what is wrong with you? I thought if, we were if I sat down and tried to make a movie just for you, I know this would be it. That's what I mean. That's what I don't understand. A movie with this premise, with this man in it, and it's this bad. I don't even understand how it works. For I, starters, I thought for sure we were the most be realistic. For starters, it's 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 the first time we've had realistic presentation of dinosaurs on screen. None of these hyper-intelligent, eight-foot-tall velociraptors, actual chicken-sized velociraptors like they should be. <laughs> oh, that was... That, but at there's that point, so I just, few I, dinosaurs in it. Like, this movie is so short. And for the most part, nothing interesting is happening. Like, when they're stuck in the cave... We spend most of our time bemoaning the fact that we have to sit through two-and-a-half-hour films that should be 90 minutes. You get one that's 90 <laughs> minutes and you're whinging about it. I got no problem with the length. The length would be fine if it was also entertaining. But I was it's non-stop so entertaining. And and look, you could you could say it was a Did moot you not thing. care about the characters? The moving oh, story of the father and the daughter. Not at all did I care. Oh about the my god. I mean, I also think that it was quite the moment clumsily when I executed in terms oh, of <laughs> Writers of a Quiet Place. Come on, they, they by the by the time it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's revealed at a certain point here that his daughter is actually dead. By the time he's on the planet, right? Perfectly revealed. Yeah. You start to suspect as he's going as um, when she starts watching sequential the clips, yeah, video diaries. Up until that point, you've assumed, oh, they're just coming through and he's watching them. She watched and you realise there's a library of these things. And I started to suspect and think, oh, mate. Because right at the outset, I thought he crashes, he realises he's alone. And he goes and to he kill himself. And he literally then jumps on the mic, sends a message going, there's no one alive, don't bother sending help, goes to blow his head off. 
Yeah. And I thought, oh, fuck, that's a bit quick. Yeah. And then it makes sense because he was only a, literally there to keep safe all of these passengers. As soon as they, he, re, he thought all of the cryo chambers were trashed, yeah. he thought, well, I don't give a shit about my own life because my daughter's gone. Yeah. And that all came crashing into realisation when you realised that she was dead. I thought that was really, really well written. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I've, I again, I think it's a good narrative. To me, this is the kind of thing that should have been like a short story. I think this would be a fantastic short story. I think it could be written really, really well. But I almost feel like the 90 minutes is actually too long for the, the story we have here. And I think I, I that thought there were most of the film pieces. feels like, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. All of the action feels like filler to me. Uh, possibly it's just that in a short story, I think you'd have more time to mull over like his inner thoughts, for example. We really don't get any of that. We kind of just rush from action set piece to action set piece. And those big emotional beats, like, you know, you were just saying, I don't think we're really given enough time to to sit with and let mellow. I think that this movie doesn't quite know what it wants to be and it spends too long trying to be a big action movie when I don't think, I don't think it's pulling that off. Like I expected this to be like dumb fun. I thought this was going to be like a, a Dwayne the Rock Johnson level film and it's nowhere near that. It's not that at all. As you've said, it's a lot of its I, I, themes I, are quite I, I deep and I phrase stuff. it as it's not that at all. I don't think I'd phrase it as it's nowhere near that. I think this is infinitely better than it would be if it had Dwayne Johnson in it. <laughs> but I don't think it's because I think you I think you've nailed it. I think I think it's I think it's a it's a short story character piece about these two characters. Uh, yeah. These two. But this movie I don't And think the realization does any of the that she work. is he he goes from literally having no reason to live and being, you know, nothing but sorrow and heartache over, over the loss of his daughter and he wasn't there for her. Yeah. To find to to attaching himself to this surrogate daughter yep. who has coincidentally lost her parents and the two of them going from having no connection to trusting one another and having this sort of surrogate, oh, you're filling a gap for me, yeah. to actually having a genuine connection that is not just filling a gap that's left by by missing daughter slash parents. I think that's that's kind of a short story, you're right, and I think it's delivered well and it is punctuated by action set pieces that stretch it out to a feature length. But I think the action set pieces are also really good and I don't think, well, I didn't personally find it uncomfortable sort of going between those two. I yeah, thought that it right. stitched together quite well. See, yeah, for me, I guess I didn't feel any between the two. Like like when you lay out the plot like that, that's a really beautiful touching story. But I, I don't think that we get any of that in this film. I feel like this film is just action set piece to action set piece. And I don't think it spends enough to any time on the characters or- or the actual story, really. Like, it's almost like you you could you could leave all of that out when you tell someone the plot of this story. And you could literally just say, he's stuck on Earth, there's dinosaurs, he has to get off before the asteroid hits. Because <clears throat> that really is 
the story. <laughs> like, I, I, and weirdly, I think that's the unnecessary bit. I, I, I agree. I agree. To me, thing. that's the it unnecessary need bit. To be but Earth, that is what it is. Yeah. It it adds nothing. The fact that it's Earth, to be honest. You get the, the weird I, sort of yeah, post credits thing or over the credits where you advance through time. I don't need it. It adds nothing. No, it's it, just he could be from Earth, crash landing on another planet, and it would, would be exactly the same film. Agreed. And, it's a and weird I think choice. This is part of the problem. See, as you know, I don't watch trailers, but I did see the trailer for this at the cinemas last week. And it is I mean, there's dinosaurs all over the place. You know it's Earth. I didn't actually even know that it was about a space traveller. I thought perhaps it was about Oh, I see. I, see I assumed it was dinosaurs on another planet. Yeah, right. Okay. If, see, if I- we can accept the fact that humanity is humanity yeah. and travelling across the stars and is still humanity yeah. of now, I can accept the fact there's dinosaurs on but another planet. because that's all revealed so early, it's not like- It doesn't- You're right. It doesn't add- There's no level of surprise. It's not like you get that gut punch ending like you do with Planet of the Apes, for example, where you realise it was Earth no, the whole time. No, it's- Polar opposite. That is a one of the greatest reveals 100%. in cinematic history. Yeah. This zero. I mean, it's not even a reveal. It's it's at the start of the film. You get sixty five million years ago. Yeah. On Earth, I was like, <laughs> yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. It literally Fucking comes whatever. up at the front. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Hundred percent. I can't believe how how different we are here. I thought for <clears> sure we'd be in the same place. I think one thing we can did both you, agree on not, is that Adam like, Driver. What is did great. you think of the effects and 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 the actual dinosaurs themselves? Because I know you're a dino fan. Yeah, I didn't like them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I did not like the I didn't like the visual look of the film. I guess, and but again, I think. I think the issue for me is I didn't actually like the action set pieces. I didn't think that they were entertaining to begin with. So no matter what look you gave me, it it, it wasn't going to make it any better. I just thought it was a very dull time. Um, and I think the look of the film kind of exemplifies that. It's a very dull looking film, which I think... And what I mean by that, like, for example, the colour tones. It, the very muted colours, very dark, very grey... And I think that that works in what feels like a more serious film. Like uh, the look of this film is very similar to Arrival, for example. Um, But I don't think that this film takes itself as seriously. That's what I mean. I think that it's kind of torn between these two worlds where it doesn't know what it wants to be, where it's almost like a Chris Pratt action blockbuster. (laughs) <laughs> with the heart of a rival, but it's kind of squashing its own heart. If that makes sense, it's like yeah, I do. I do get that. It is. It is first and foremost to, to me, anyway. It it is that action film. Yeah. I just think every, any sort of action film like that, and I'm going to draw the obvious comparison with After Earth. Yeah, attempts to make it more than it is. You know, it wants to be more than Riddick. Yeah, or Pitch Black. Yeah, um, by adding. This central relationship between the two characters. Yeah, um, I just think this was infinitely more <laughs> successful than After Earth, which was hot trash. And I, I, I bought the relationship in this. I, I found it touching. I cared about both the characters. Yeah, I thought the the action scenes were exciting. There's a really cool central section in the middle where it basically becomes Descent. Yeah, and they're underground, being pursued by almost unseen, um, you know, monsters essentially, although yeah. they're dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was really well put together and I, I liked what I assume was a nod to The Descent because it, it felt 
so similar in the way it was shot and put together. And oh yeah, I, I found this exciting the whole way yeah, through. Right. So to I, re- the- I got to the end and I thought, Billy's going to love this. It's <laughs> I, fucking dinosaurs. I thought I was going to. I took myself to a double feature. I was so excited. I saw this first and then Scream 6 and I- yeah, I was just shocked by how unentertained I was through a film that has such a strong premise. And I think we can both agree Adam Driver is fantastic. He He's still giving it his Always. all as he does in every role. Like, he's just great. And Ariana Greenblatt, I thought, uh, who um, I've only seen a couple of times before, but I thought she was great. Yeah, I, yeah. Be, given the fact that um, they are essentially – dialogue free for the first half well, well for most of the film really because they speak different languages yeah so yeah. while they are speaking they're not speaking to one another yeah that's true and yeah. we don't we don't understand what she is saying because she is not speaking english true yeah so you're and right I think, effectively I think it's that- dialogue free then <laughs> yeah yeah and i think well even harder than dialogue free it's not like she's just miming stuff she has to speak a nonsense language yeah and make it sound real which i think she does really well uh, particularly for a young actress. And I think he does really well in it. I imagine it's very difficult to act a scene where both actors understand what the other is saying, but they have to act like they don't. They do. Do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think they, I think that's all done really well. And I think it's it's elements like that that, that lift this above what a Chris Pratt slash Dwayne Johnson yeah. actioner would be. Yeah, right. Just because they are acting well. Yeah. And I think those scenes are well written. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, yeah, I didn't like the overall look of the film and I personally didn't love the look of the dinosaurs. And it's not it's not anything against the visual effects. And this is this is gonna sound ridiculously stupid because like you said, these are much more accurate dinosaurs. Um, it's the design. So I guess what I'm slagging off is God. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't like the look of Fuck the dinosaurs. You, Darwin. <laughs> I just don't like the look of the dinosaurs in this film. I just think they look. Did you find that pterosaurs looked a little bit goofy with their big heads? Yes, they're very rubbery. They're very rubbery necked. <laughs> And I just thought that wow, that's a stupid looking animal. Because they did have big heads. I've I've seen I've yeah. seen fossils. Yeah, and it's it's weird. And you're used to seeing dinosaurs walking, you know, on like their hind legs. These are kind of crawling along like cats with their big long necks sticking out, and it it just looked so silly. I just hated it. Oh, so you should have seen the smile on my face. I was beaming from ear to ear when the raptors first turned up and they looked like chickens. I was like, yes! It's a perennial peeve of mine that the Jurassic Park movies have had these A, five, six times bigger than they should be raptors, but made them too dino not bird-like enough. And, And then these little fucking... Stunted feathery turkeys came out nipping at things and being more like piranhas <laughs> than sharks. I I almost cheered in the cinema. <laughs> well, I I can't believe how different we are on this, and honestly, it's made me feel like maybe I have to rewatch it now that my expectations are a bit checked, and now I know what this film is. Because um, maybe it was my expectations. Maybe I went in thinking, oh yeah, I'm just going to have like some dumb fun. And it just didn't. I'm kind of thinking I'm. This is something I'd pick up on Blu-ray and watch from time to time as a kind of a good actiony 
thing that the kids can get on board yeah. with that's exciting, you know, similar to a Jurassic Park or something. I, I, I really, really enjoyed my time with it. So how are you scoring this out of 10? Um, I'm a seven. This is the, I, I had wow. as much fun with this as I did with Scream 6. Wow. All right. Oh, I definitely need to rewatch this then because at this stage I'm a four. Um, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, I'll, t- I'll tell you what though. I promise you, I will rewatch this because Noosk is keen. Like, uh, what woman on earth doesn't love Adam Driver? Um, she tell, saw the, t- she saw the he, trailer. He, he sweats. He sweats a lot in this. He's very sweaty. <laughs> she saw the trailer for this and was super keen. So I'll I'll rewatch it with her and I'll come back to you and let you know if I liked it anymore. I'm I'm very interested to hear you what she. In fact, you know what? I'll I'll get I'll get her on. We'll do we'll do a Patreon bonus. You know, like sixty five take two. Billy's rewatch and and, and reconsideration <laughs> <Yeah>. of score. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what are we getting to next week, mate? Yeah, so Shazam: Fury of the Gods is what comes out this week. Are you interested in that? Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I, I really liked the first Shazam. I thought it was the best of all the DC films. Yeah, same. I don't know how it's going to go this time round. It seems a little bit yeah. bigger and sillier, but maybe that's a good thing. And it's got a Dame in it <laughs> and Lucy Liu. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. And then a big couple of weeks because, yeah, then after that we get- uh, It's fucking insane. It's so much. Yeah. We get some Dungeons and Dragons. We get some- uh, and, and we're not that far from Mario coming out as well. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're not keen on Mario. He doesn't have- uh, It's got a Taylor if, Joy if in it. Some- <laughs> I know. I'm, I, I'm literally torn down the middle. If it didn't have Chris Pratt not doing an Italian <laughs> accent- I'd be a hundred percent on board. I, I don't know about me, and I know, not, but I've, I've seen that meme around where it's we're not supposed him to like Mario, and it says no Mario's put on not accents. Italian. He's normal but now. <laughs> Mario without the Italian accent is just not right. I need that. It's me, Mario. I don't care if it's culturally inappropriate. I need it. All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedething.com or wewatchedething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedething, and we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.